Happy Easter. Let's just go ahead and just maybe offer up some clap and praise to our God, right? Is that a, we don't do that often here. We shouldn't be afraid to. It's a worthy thing. Y'all go ahead and have a seat. We do want to say Happy Easter, and um, man, what a joy uh, to gather together today, and um, just so fun to see all of you. Um, and, and so before we get rolling any farther, I do want to make sure you're, you're clear that we love having kids in our worship because we worship as a family. We are a family before we are anything else. And, all, you know, and we have specific programming for our kids on most Sundays because we tailor it to teaching they understand. But we actually feel like having kids in our midst actually is a more complete picture of who we are. So today, if you have kids here, we want you to know uh, they they can make noise, like we're okay with that, like that's fine, that's actually the sound of family. Uh, if you don't have kids around you, it's okay, those kids can make noise, okay? And also, it takes a village, so enjoy coming alongside these families that have kids and maybe just getting, uh, again, us kind of getting a fuller expression all together of us being a family. Um, so with that being said, if, if you would find it more comfortable uh, at any point to um, take your child out, we do have a room uh, set up over here. It's, it's a room that's kind of comfortable for you to take your kid to and some stuff to occupy them. Um, um, a pack and play and a rocking chair. And, but all this is piped into there as well as a speaker in there so you can hear what's going on. So if at any point it would be more comfortable for you to take your children out, um, just step through to this kind of this way. And I don't know how to say it other than that. So my words are failing. So, um, but I, I, you know, I, I pray that today is is a simple and profound reminder of the majestic love of our God. And not just that, but the very present, the today hope that we have in Christ and that we have because he is risen. I pray that's what, I pray that's what we do today. I mean, you know, this, this is... A pre, you know, I, I made this joke. This is probably going to end up being my lifelong pastor joke, but like I made this last year and I, I liked it, so I'm going to make it again. But it's like, you know, when people, it's Easter week and they're like, Heath, what are you going to teach on this week? And it's like, Jesus is resurrection. That's what we preach on, right? And so, like, we, so we know what's coming, but I pray that today somehow the Lord stirs up our hearts and He breaks us out of just kind of this is something that we do. Even if you come to church every Sunday, that we kind of okay, it's Easter Sunday. Let's dress a little nicer. Let's you know, let's plan, let's plan a nicer plan after church. Maybe bigger family gathering. Uh, but that again, even if you come every Sunday, that it would be something that that, that we are that you are stirred up in. And if and if this is the one time you come a year, we love that you're here. And I pray that, that something unique happens today as the Lord brings the message of Christ crucified and risen again. Um, and so just to kind of get us there real quickly, you know, Friday night, I mean, gosh, if you weren't here, it was such a powerful and it's weird to say beautiful service because it was focused on just our sin and, and the death of Jesus. And, and so it sounds a little morbid and weird, if you, especially if you weren't here or have never experienced that before, to say it was beautiful. But it was because, because we're, we see the love of God so clearly in the great sacrifice. And, and just to kind of make sure we catch the momentum into today, which Kurt already kind of led us into through communion and which the songs have led us into well, just to make sure we, we recognize like what's happening today, right? So let's put ourselves in the moments. Uh, if you were a Christ follower, if you were a person of faith, Jesus had died. 
He had died. The guy that you, that you banked it all on, he was dead. He's in the grave like any other person before him. This is, this is your reality this morning. When you wake up, he's dead. He's in the grave. Your hope of deliverance, your redeemer has died. He's in the grave. Where would you be? What would be going through your mind? I mean, you're hiding out. If you know the story, they're hiding out. They're kind of confused. They're afraid, right? You're wondering kind of what's next. Maybe, you know, maybe there were some, and I'm sure there were, that felt confused, maybe betrayed, maybe like they were taking a fool. Like, okay, I really thought this guy was the real deal, but apparently he wasn't. Maybe your suspicions were confirmed. You're like, okay, you know, they said that if it isn't, if isn't real, it'll just fizzle out like every other person, right? Or, or maybe you're not there. Maybe you're still clinging to that faith and hope, but you just don't know how it's all going to come together, and you're just still just bewildered. That's your morning so far. That's where you're at. We can identify with that, right? Like in this, even in this context, remove where we know, we know right now that Jesus rose from the grave. We can identify with the struggle of reconciling the reality of today. As Kurt said, we each come in here. We each come in here with, with difficulties in our life. I mean, I just have stories flashing through my head of what you're going through. Stories I've heard. Stories of loss. Stories of sickness. Stories of, of, of wounding stories of despair. Like, so, so, so even you can identify with this moment. You can say, okay, like, but I'm, like, when's the payoff? Like, what's, what do I do with all this? So, so we can get there in a very real way. We can all identify. And today, we have a very present example of this difficulty. Um, in Sri Lanka this morning, on Easter morn, there were eight bombings targeting uh, areas where Christians and Westerners would be gathered. And um, over 200 people were killed. Over 500 were injured. And it's just a, mo- a, a morning of hurt, a morning of mourning. You know, and again, this is meant to be the day of our resurrected hope. And yet, what do we do with this? This is a challenge. And, and, and to see another example, a challenging moment in Scripture, I want to look at um, a moment where Jesus' friend, a close friend, had died, Lazarus. Lazarus was sick. Jesus was out doing work doing his deal, doing ministry, and word came to him. They had sent word, hey, your friend Lazarus is, death, Lazarus is deathly ill. Please come, heal him. We know you can heal. Please come. And Jesus, knowing what he had in mind, he took, took his time. He finished some work, and then he started walking a few days later, but then he even stopped to do some other things. And lo and behold, by the time he gets there, Lazarus is dead. Lazarus is dead. So he comes up on his friend's uh, Mary and Martha, not his mother Mary, some, some friends Mary and Martha. And this is Lazarus' sister. And they come up, and this is the exchange. John eleven seventeen through 24. It says, now this, we're going to, now this, now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. He's been dead for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, so it wasn't that far. That's where Jesus was. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again 
Martha said, he says, she said, I know, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. I, I know that day's coming far off. I know that because the, the, the picture for the people of Israel was that at the end of all things, all of the nation of Israel would rise with God again and be restored. That's what she, she says. Yeah, I get that. I know that he's going to rise again. And Jesus says to this in verse 25 and 26, to clarify to her, I love this, to bring her to the moment. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never, shall never die. Do you believe this? That's our question today. Everyone who acknowledges that Jesus is the resurrection and the life, whoever believes in him, though we die, though we perish, our bodies pass away, yet shall we live. Everyone who lives and believes shall never die. Do you believe this? It is not easy. It's not. It is not easy in our present struggle to have a present hope. So today I pray that this living hope, the living present hope of Jesus Christ from his death on the cross and his resurrection would be real for every one of us in this room. Not just in some religious observance, not just in some kind of thought exercise and ascent, but in a very real way that in the midst of, of all that we are facing, in the midst of all the pain, that we would know a living hope. And it's important. The resurrection is important. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 17, how can we have this living hope? He says, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. And let me be clear here. Like, you know, when we hear sins, we think of morality. We think of moral behavior. And although there is a righteous standard, a moral standard of which God has called us to, the root, the sin that is destructive, the sin that causes death is the one that denies God as God. The one that goes all the way back to the garden when Adam and Eve said, I know better than you. Yeah, you, you've made this perfect. You've satisfied everything. And, you, and then there was this one thing in this tree this is not for you. And they said, well, you know what? We, we think we know better. We think we will know that we will experience a better truth if we take what we say is good. And they denied God's worthiness. They, did, they denied his holiness. They denied his love because when they did that, they denied that God satisfied everything in his love and in his purpose for them. This is the root of all that we're talking about. This is the problem. This is why the cross is needed. This is why the resurrection is needed. Because we have all said, no, God, I got this. I, I know better. I can, I can either satisfy myself and I can, I can live independent of anything and anyone, or I can somehow make myself good enough. This is, this is what the need is. And so when it says your faith is futile, this word futile is the same as fruitless. Like if, if Christ is not raised, all of your faith will bring no fruit. Without the resurrection, what do we have? God's promise was vivid in creation. He promised peace with all of creation. He promised that in your working, there, there was work. They were meant to go multiply across the face of the earth and subdue it and cultivate culture across the face of the earth. 
but it was going to be 100% fruitful. It was going to be, there was going to be, uh, like, whatever they did would flourish. That was that. So there was peace with creation. There was peace with one another. There was this unity and unashamedness. They walked naked in the garden. It wasn't weird because there was no shame. There was this, there was this acceptance because they were equal in the image of God. There was peace with self. Body and spirit co-mingled and lived perfectly in harmony with God. Our body and spirit were together fully. There was peace with self because we didn't see ourselves with compromised eyes, but we saw ourselves as God saw us, created by him for holiness and his love. And there was peace with God. They walked in the cool of, in the, cool of the day together. This was the promise. And in that rebellion, in that fall, this world of peace, it became abundantly clear that it was gone, Right? Caring for creation, the work became toilsome and often futile, right? We see disregard for others. It started with, with, the, with the Cain murdering Abel because he was jealous, and we've just seen it get worse and worse. And again, this horrible picture today of this disregard for other image bearers of God. And we see that we are severed from ourselves. We are insecure and we are prideful in danger of collapsing at any moment because we cannot be satisfied. And our fellowship with our loving creator and holy God has been fractured. And God in his love in that moment works to restore. In that moment of judgment, he also says, and I will send one to redeem you. I will send one to redeem you. So again, today, we don't want to just go through the motions. I know that this is uncomfortable for me because... I, like Easter, you're, you're just supposed to celebrate. It's supposed to be like upbeat songs and lots of smiles. And, and, like, and, and then we kind of leave and we say, that was a really nice service. Let's do it again next year. Like we don't want to do that today, as I already said. Like, we have an opportunity today. And so today we're going to actually venture into something a little different. Um, and I know that some of you, again, this is definitely some of your first time here. Maybe, maybe again, the whole uh, Christianity thing, this is something new for you. And so we want to acknowledge that. Um, but I want to tell you, this is a bit of a challenge for, for, for those that aren't new either. We, we don't do this kind of thing every Sunday. We, we're going to give some space for us all to respond in a minute. You don't have to respond, um, just so you know. Um, but we, we are, I mean, you heard it said earlier, you heard Lauren say earlier, like we, we are called together. We are a people pursuing Jesus. We are a people on a journey of faith. And again, in our midst, we are all on this journey. And um, as, as the bridge mantras, as these people called together, we are pursuing our living hope in Jesus. We have committed to be a place that's real, that's honest, that is safe. And we want you to know that wherever you are, um, this is a place for you to come in and journey with us. This is a place for you to come in and observe and ask honest questions and for us to submit our honest questions to the truth of God given in his word and, and made known by the work of the Holy Spirit and that we can pursue this together. And so today, church, for those that are in Christ, I want to encourage and challenge you to, to, to open up and dig deep a little bit and think about why we have a living hope in Christ. We're going to pray through this and share this in a moment. Uh, if, again, if, if, if you're not a Christ follower, if this is new for you or just kind of outside your tradition, I want to invite you to make it abundantly clear. Feel free just to observe. 
if that's where you are, but also feel free to engage as you feel able. Um, but and I, and I pray that in, in observing that you would be encouraged, that you would get a, a glimpse or a deeper taste in reality of our living hope in Jesus Christ. God has invited us to cast all of our cares on him. There is none too small, none too big. He has said, if any of you lacks wisdom, come to me and ask, and I will give without reproach. If you need wisdom, if you need understanding, the understanding that is from God, the, the, the truest truth, like come ask, and he will not chastise you for not knowing. He welcomes you as a parent welcomes a child. So today, you know, thinking about just the resurrection of Jesus, thinking about the pain of this world, thinking about Sri Lanka and just the pain this morning, how in the world can we be genuine and say happy Easter? He is risen, he's risen indeed in the face of such loss and tragedy this morning. So I want us to spend some time praying for those in Sri Lanka, praying just for the hurt, praying for, um, praying for, the pain of loss, um, but then also connecting that to our hope. So in this time, again, this is where we're kind of venturing into little uncharted waters, but I want to invite you to be a part of kind of the teaching and the sharing this morning. I want to invite each of you to either offer a prayer as you feel led um, or to share a testimony of why you say that Jesus is your living hope. And feel free to share that personal testimony. If there's any scripture that comes to mind, I want you to share that scripture. I'll, I'll be peppering in stuff that I have prepared as we go, possibly. We're kind of bringing an offering hands wide open right now. Uh, and we'll kind of let the Lord lead us through this time for a little bit. Um, and we'll hopefully end with this triumphant reality of a hope in the midst of any circumstances. We do need the cross. The cross satisfies our need of a savior, our need of a redeemer, because in our rebellion against God, we were separated. We are no longer worthy to be in the presence of a holy God. We deserve separation and death, but in the cross of Christ, that penalty is bore for us. He became our substitutionary, our, our atoning sacrifice. We need the cross. Ephesians 1.7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. But the cross is not just about the punishment of sin that Jesus took for us, but it is most vividly about the love of God to redeem and restore. So we need the cross, but we also need the resurrection. The cross and the resurrection are inseparable. It is in the resurrection that this penalty of sin that was paid is actually also sin and death are defeated. Romans 8, 10 through 11 says, But if Christ is in you, although the body's dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So, we're gonna, I'm going to stop right there for now and open it up. I'll just open this up in a short prayer. But please let us come together praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ in Sri Lanka that, that have truly had to count the cost. We also know it wasn't just Christ followers that were killed. So let's pray for, for all that somehow God's comforting love would enter in. Pray for those who did the violence. 
Pray for, pray for the ideology that they came from and the groups they came from. Pray for, for the work of peace in Jesus to work in them. That first it would start with their peace with God in Christ and then it would totally transform the worldview into one that sees everyone as an image bearer of God and seeks to love and seeks to bring the hope of Christ. So let us pray. Let us share testimony. Um, and let us let the Lord lead. So God, we just give you this time. We open up our hearts, our minds, our lives to you. Lord, I, I know this is, um, this, is, this is a challenge for this morning. This is not what we expected to do when we came in here. So I pray that right now you would still our hearts and our minds, bringing us to a place of truly recognizing our need in Christ, truly being broken over, over the loss of humanity and life but also, Lord, having hope in a risen Savior and that as he is risen and the power that rose him. My hope is in Jesus because I know what it's like to live in hell in my mind. I know what it's like to be freed by the powerful grace of God. I know what it's like to be redeemed and forgiven. I know what it's like to be a sinner, and I know what it's like to be a son of God as a citizen of heaven because of the redemptive work that Jesus has done in my life. I know what it's like to live a new life only because of the grace of God. And I know what it's like to see the love of God, even amidst what's happening in Sri Lanka, because I've seen the miracle of God's hand in my life. I've seen how he's used what Satan meant for evil, and he's brought life from it. And so I know that he's doing the same thing in Sri Lanka now, where his love will abound, and he will pursue his people as he's pursuing us every day. Yeah, for me, I just, um, I know that I can't, I can't beat death at the end of the day. And uh, there's a lot of things it seems like I can accomplish, but at the end of all things, um, I, don't, I really have nothing. And I, I think humanly we all sort of sense that there, there's something, there is something greater that, um, <clears throat> that we were made for. Um, and I've not... I've not heard a good explanation for what that is, except for unity with God. That's the only thing that, that makes any sense to me at all, that seems in any way satisfying at the end of the day. Um, no philosophy, no you know, self-help situation um, comes anywhere close. And so I just, why, why do I hope in Christ? Because nothing else really makes any sense. Um, and in Christ, what God has done through all of scripture, just everything lines up to Christ. And um, you just can't plan that. And so I, I, there's just nothing else that comes close um, to what God did through Christ for me for and for you. And so... Um, just like, just like Peter says, um, you know, Jesus says, will, will you continue to follow me? And Peter says, um, where else would we go? You are the key to eternal life. There's nothing else. Um, and so that's, that's why I follow. He, he is, he is life. He is the resurrection. Maybe we can get one more, Jose. This way. Um, I'm going to sit down. <laughs> so.
So my hope is in the strength that Christ provides and how he doesn't demand us to like stop our grieving, stop our sin, but he just asks us to invite him into it so that we can rely on his strength to get us through it. Um, and I hope that the people um, grieving right now, whether they know him or not, invite him in so that way they can rely on his strength. Amen. Thank you, Josue. So, a few verses come to mind for me. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What I want to make sure we see today is that our present hope is because of what Christ has done in us. He has made us totally new. Before Christ, our, our worth and our identity is, is, is found in, in what we do and what we should be. We, it is defined by a sense of belonging or success. It's defined by your race or your economic status, your political alignment, your sexual orientation, your security in this life and your enjoyment of it. Those things are temporal. But we see that because of what Christ has done in us and in the first and in Jesus dying for us and rising from the grave and seeing that that promise is for us, we have a very present hope that today before God, we are at peace once again with him. We are restored. We are renewed. We are righteous before God. We are acceptable. We are restored to the intent of our creation. This is what it is to be fully human. Just to be restored to what you were intended to be. Jesus is our, our resurrected life. So when we say we have a present hope, it is that these things are realities in our life, but they don't define us, and they don't define God's goodness. Jesus' death and resurrection define that. And in him, we are children of God. We are loved. We are redeemed. We are a friend of God. We are a servant. We are sent ones. We're reconciled reconcilers. We're disciples who follow. We're blessed. We're a new creation. We are sinners made saints. We are holy. So when we say we have a present hope today, it's because we don't have to live a life that says, I should, or I should be, or I should do, or I should not, but we get to live a life that says, I am, because of who he is, and what he has done, and not what I do, or will do, or will ever do. As we surrender and call on Christ and trust in him, it is this trust that was defied at the very beginning that we are re-entering into. This is the wonder and the marvel of the living hope of a resurrected Jesus. Because he is risen, I am. That's what you get to say as you place your trust in the way God sent out to restore you in Jesus. So we want to close this time reading the rest of the narrative from Luke 24. Um, so you don't hear me read the whole time. I actually am going to, and this is a crazy morning, I know. I need one, two, three, four people to come up here with me uh, to help me read. Um, Hannah, would you mind? I know you read Friday night, but your voice is so great. Um, 
That's good. Uh, just three more, please. Come on. That's fine. That's great. Thank you. This way. All right, we've got four. That's great. So if okay, we're going to read Luke 24, 1 through 43. Um, it'll be on the screens as well. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other woman with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, 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 <laughs> about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him, and he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had, had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of hearts to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if they were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and day is now far spent. And he went in to stay with them. When he was at a table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. 
and their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while, we talk, while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he and has appeared to Simon. And they told what had happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought that he was a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands, my feet, that it is myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of boiled fish, and he took it, and he ate before them. Thank you. Pretty interesting spot to finish, right? It's like, okay. There's a point. Like, Jesus says, peace to you. And then he goes on to prove his humanity. Even though he had changed, he just showed up, right? So there is an absolute spiritual reality. He just kind of appeared through a wall into a room. But yet also, he's like, this is my body. Like, I am real. It's not just a spirit. And, he, and he's doing that. And he says, can you give me food again? Reinforcing, this is a bodily resurrection. And he's wanting to give them a picture of their future, but also their present. He says, there is hope for you now while you are still in this body. This deliverance that I have just accomplished for you is not just for some far off hope, which it is in the future hope we have of this glorious reunification with God when there is no more sickness, no more pain, no more death. It's something that gives us great courage, great peace, great purpose. But yet he's also saying for you today, you have this hope in your bodies today as you live in the midst of this, at, though you will face trial, your hope is today. You have a living hope. He says, peace to you. And that peace is the one that's saying, he's proclaiming peace with God, peace with your creator, peace with the one who made you and loved you and gave you a purpose. So as you hear these words, that he says, peace to you, let it, let it just wash over you. As, he's, as he shows you that I, this is me that has risen, know that this hope is for you today. Your peace and your hope is for today because the work that he's done in you just to drive it home is one of new identity. A life saying, I am. I am forgiven. I am redeemed. I am made new. I am a child of God. I am welcomed in. I am a friend of God. I am loved by him. And in Christ, there is nothing you can do to change that. You can't increase your estate. You cannot diminish it. Christ did that for you. That's why it is a living, present hope. So as we, as we think on this and walk away with this and put this in the context of this world, put this in the context of your life, the lives of those around you and all that is happening, I mean, just in, again in Sri Lanka right now, 
this is how we can say peace to you. This is how we can say he is risen. He is risen indeed with a defiant hope. And we are about to close with that statement. He is risen and you will call back. He is risen indeed. Know that you are proclaiming something to yourself. You are preaching a truth to yourself that you can cling to. He is risen indeed, and therefore you are risen with him if you have called on Christ. But also, as you proclaim this, know, know that you are ministering this hope to those around you. So let your voice not just be for yourself. Let your voice be for the person next to you. Let your voice be for those who are weeping for loss right now. That in this moment, they have a hope. In this moment, they have a peace of an ever-present God made known in Jesus. So if you are a Christ follower, this work comes with a calling. We said a second ago, as we said, we are sent ones. Jesus said, as you sent me, I'm sending them. We are meant to to propel this living hope to the world around us in very real ways. So church, those who are in Christ, I pray that the Lord would not let us just slumber and sink back in because it's identity. It is not, this is not guilt, it's identity. And so therefore it is quite natural for it just to be the reality of your life. So let us lean into how to live out this identity no matter what season we are in because identity doesn't waver. Identity's identity doesn't change if it's in Christ. So let us bring our living hope that comes from our new identity in Christ to the world around us. If you're in here and you're not a Christ follower, we want to invite you to, if today is the day that the Lord has brought that to be a reality of your need for Him, we want to invite you to confess that sin of unbelief. Of I thought that I could do it. I thought that I was the one. I thought that some other thing of this world was my satisfier or my peace. But only God, God, you are the only one. You are my Redeemer and my peace. So if today is the day of your confession, make that confession. If you're still needing to continue to seek, please, with great freedom and and comfort, enter into journeying with us. Enter in. We want to share our life with you. We want to share truth with you. Not so that we can make you like us, but so that we can all be made more into the likeness of our Heavenly Father, our Creator, in Jesus. So, take a breath. Think on what we're about to say. We are about to say, He is risen. I'm going to say, He is risen. What are you going to say? He is risen indeed. Say it with the weight of everything we've been talking about today. Say it as if you are ministering to a world that needs to hear it. Say it as if it matters more than anything else because it does. So let us end this time with this joyous, exclamative, sober proclamation. Let us continue to worship as we do that. So friends, he is risen. He is risen. One more time. He is risen. Let's sing together.